Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Doing something It's time for a look back on today's match. This is the Full-Time Report with the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. On Star 94.1. All right, uh, 1-1 draw tonight, Atlanta United and Toronto FC here at the Benz. Atlanta United statistically dominating a match for the second straight week. Unlike last week, though, they are unable to find a game winner late, although maybe they did actually get a game winner. I think we're going to be talking about this offside call a lot. Yes. And again, if you're just joining us, this happened in the second half after Atlanta United equalized uh Bernardeschi scored in the 52nd minute for Toronto and then um Mateus was had to excuse me equalized in the 60th minute but the um the key play in this match came a couple minutes after that when Juano Parata put a shot off of Sean Johnson the rebound was put into the net by Yorgos Yakimakis was Parata offside on the first ball in? We only saw one replay here in the booth, and that replay showed that Parata, at least from the angle we were presented with, looked to be almost clearly onside. Uh, the VAR, Michael Ratchick, took a long look at it and did not send it down to the monitor. The AR made the call immediately that it was offside. I think we have to obviously defer to her. I mean, she's got a better look at it angle-wise than we do here in the booth. But it was a very, very close call. And I'll just say again, I have to wonder if there was another angle that we were not presented with that maybe made it a little more clear. Very tough situation for the officials. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I wouldn't say it was clearly on or off, and that's what's the challenge when you get into these situations. And and look, this is just where we are in the game when we talk about the laws of the game, and adding the replay element to it. In the past, that would have been an incident. Flag would have went up. It would have been offside. We would have talked about it afterwards. It would have kind of been dropped. But now we're going to analyze the footage, and we're going to go back and forth and say, well, should they have looked at this? Should they have looked at this differently? Did they have something else? Should they have something else? Because MLS, and, and we had this conversation when the Hawkeye system, and Hawkeye's a, a company. It, it's, it's turned into like Kleenex when we talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Hawkeye is, is known for what they do in, in tennis specifically. That's where they came to the fore with the, the judging of the lines. So in the Premier League, they opted to have the, all the, the stadiums basically graded with the cameras to the point that you could then plot 
the, the, the data points of where people are and lines would be drawn and, and it's guaranteed to be within a certain percentage of accuracy. And it's incredibly accurate. I think the, the griping about those situations is completely overblown. It is incredibly accurate. It's more accurate than the naked eye can be. But MLS did not do it to that degree. You don't have that. You don't have the semi-automated offside situation that FIFA used in the World Cup. That's still really just being rolled out. So you are relying on these replays and these camera angles in MLS. And there's more camera angles than there were before. Some stadiums maybe have better camera angles. That's something that maybe should be equalized if possible. It was really close. It was really close. Looking at the replay, I think Rostad's back foot keeps him on because Parata... It, 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 if it's if he's off, it's by a sliver. If he's on, it's it's also by a sliver. It's it's close, and I think it comes down to where they're judging on his arm slash shoulder, and, and the other key element to get really deep into the details. But it, this is a game deciding call. The way handballs were judged, and this affects offside because a, a body part that cannot play the ball legally is doesn't matter if that's in an offside position because he can't play the ball. With your hand, for example. If your hand is out in front of you, your hand can be offside. It's a playable body part. The handball rule was changed in recent years to go not from the top of the shoulder like it has for a long time in history to further down the arm. Because you see players sometimes play that off the top of the, the arm, the just above the bicep. So where they judge it from is going to be what it comes down to. And, and again, without that level of technology to drawing lines, we are guessing. And it's really close. I would have loved another angle if they had one. Oh, well. Uh, it ends as a 1-1 draw in a match that Atlanta United statistically dominated. We'll get to the stats in a moment. First, though, the man of the match brought to you by Heineken. And we'll give it to the Atlanta United goal scorer tonight, Mateus Hosatu. Hosechu was excellent, and it's not just because of the goal. I, I thought he was excellent last week as well. Hosechu, Ibarra, Sosa, Sadich, you've got a lot of guys competing for playing time there. Franco Ibarra was also outstanding tonight. But Hosechu, he does get the goal. He created two chances, 74 passes completed, five of five on his long passes, and a couple of them were of a very high degree of difficulty two tackles he was involved on that side as well I think Hosechu is that metronome when you look at the way Atlanta United plays and I think maybe his position sometimes people ask him to create more chances score more goals his position is the metronome his position is to set the beat he sometimes speed it up sometimes slow it down sometimes move it side to side it's not always just trying to go forward in a straight line because you can't have everybody doing that you have to have people doing that work providing the beat just keeping things moving and ticking over and i think he does a really good job of that if he can take one step forward like he did tonight then he's elite so it's mateus so is that to the man of the match brought to you by heineken the statistical recap brought to you by piedmont official health care partner of atlanta united shots 16 to 4 atlanta Shots on target, 6-3, Atlanta. Possession, 67-33, Atlanta. Key passes, 13-4, Atlanta. Oh, boy. Uh, expected goals, 0.89 to 0.39, Atlanta. Nine corners for Atlanta. 
None for Toronto. How about this? The crosses, 37-3, Atlanta. The final third entries, 66-32, Atlanta. <laughs> this is the hilarious stat. Oh, it gets the, better. The touches in the opponent's box, 37-2, Atlanta. Oof. So, look, this clearly shows one team had an intent to play tonight. The other team did not have an intent to play. And when they got the first goal, they could really bunker. Credit to Toronto in the way they earned the first goal. We'll do the highlights yeah. in the next segment. It was a good goal. We're, we're taking nothing away from Bradley and Bernardeschi. It was a good goal. But you hear stats like that, and it, it is a, a teeny bit frustrating that Atlanta United was not able to convert that kind of domination into a victory. You have to keep building the chemistry with this attacking four that I think we will see maybe from the start next week. Maybe. With Yorgos Yakimakis, with Derek Etienne, with Luis Adarujo, with Thiago Almada. You saw at times them trying to connect, trying to find the passing, trying to find each other. And they don't know each other yet. Almada and Adarujo have a good understanding, a good connection. Etienne building it, more time on the pitch with them than Yakimakis, very little time on the pitch with them. It's got to take a little bit of time for them to find one another. That will help in these situations. The number out of the ones you gave that I don't like is that many crosses. That feels like maybe maybe for me crosses are, are what long shots were in, in the previous weeks. <laughs> it feels like you're settling a little bit. Yeah. And, and I think this team can play through the middle more, and it felt like at times you just kind of decide, all right, that's what the game's going to give us. We'll, we'll lump it in from the cross. And they weren't as good as they generally are. I think Lennon did have a good game, but he didn't connect with as many crosses as I'm accustomed to seeing him hit. <laughs> it, it is funny. Atlanta United has three goals this year. All three have been scored from outside the uh, ATN. You know, I, I, I don't know if there's much to that narrative or not. It's, just, <laughs> it's just the game. You have to take what the game gives you. I, I think for me it's about not settling those things you don't want to just start firing shots from distance that are reckless you don't want to just start lumping in crosses that are reckless you want to take good shots when you have a clean look and also crosses you want to play it to somebody not just put it into the 18 and hope somebody can find it all right plenty more to come from the bends atlanta united and toronto playing a 1-1 draw we'll have highlights coming up next hopefully we'll hear from gonzalo pineda and hopefully we'll hear from the atlanta united dressing room as well as we continue after this on star 94 you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Um, so I'm very happy with the Back with more full-time report. A complete review of today's match. On Star 94.1. All right, back live at the Vans, Atlanta United and Toronto playing to a 1-1 draw. Listening. Gonzalo Pineda is at the podium. Let's listen into that. Uh, incorporated into our system. Uh, and he yells out with Luis, with Thiago, with Caleb, Derek, Brooks, you know. Um, uh, we're going to have a, a very interesting uh, final third product. What, what did he do well, Yakamakis, in his 35 minutes or so? Well, uh, I think it's, it's, again, very unfair to judge him. He has one training session with the team. He had a flight, a late flight, uh, Thursday night. So he, he, I was actually a bit worried that I gave him more minutes than I was expecting for him. Uh, I know his feet, but it's just, you know, the, the flight and the mental preparation. Uh, what worried me a little bit, but what he brought is that energy. You can see how he's fully committed to run inside the box, to have double movements, to counter press. Uh, to make runs in behind and it's just his energy kind of attracts uh, you know some actions the goal comes from him kind of blocking a little bit the defender uh, and the, in, Mar- in Rosetto's shot and his presence just is impulsive I think uh, once again once he starts to yell out with the, with the other players he's going to be okay Gonzalo, the, you mentioned the counterpressing. It was very good tonight. And Bob Bradley was just here talking about how difficult it was to play out of the press uh, tonight for them. Is, is, can you discuss like the evolution of the pressing, how you guys have trained it, how the triggers are coming, and how, you know, just the performance tonight? And is this something that was planned for Toronto? Can you take this on the road? Is this something that can be sustained throughout the year? We expect to sustain this type of pressure, especially at home. That's where at times we have to see and the game plans is different, depends on the opponent for sure. But pressing high at home is going to be a must for us um, throughout the season. I think we started a little bit slow last week for different reasons. But uh, today you saw, a, you saw a good example of how we want to press and the type of pressure we want to put. Uh, I have to say that my sports science, along with my coaches, along with my players, they're doing, they did a great precision. I told you last year, overall, was the most intense training sessions Atlanta United ever had. And these precisions, we overpassed that by 30-40% in terms of intensity. Um, so uh, we feel like physically we can sustain this. Uh, and, and we will see how we're doing probably when the congested times of you know, games and that start to happen. But I think at least for the first nine weeks, we expect this type of performance in the fitness side, but also in the amount of pressures we do in the final third. We'll go to Joe and also the locker room. Hey, Gonzalo, I'd like to just kind of get your opinion on Toronto's goal. I mean, Felipe, and you are right about the pressing, but it did seem like in that moment there was just a, a lack of pressure on the ball that allowed Bradley to then spray the ball to the wing. I just want to get your opinion on uh, walking through that play. Yes, I, I have to rewatch uh, the play for sure and analyze that in detail because at times we only see the last part of the action and we have to see how it started and how it was developed and how we can do better. Uh, that's why I didn't say it was perfection. It was close to perfection just because of that play. In my opinion, we did a great game in every phase uh, aside from that play. Uh, and a little bit in the final third, the the type of crosses we are putting, the timing of the runs, the movement inside the box, and the 
the decision making just in the final pass. Probably that's where we can do a little bit better. But uh, the rest was, I, I'm very pleased with the rest of, of my team. Okay, Gonzalo Pineda following his team's 1-1 draw against Toronto tonight. Uh, Gonzalo, before we came back from commercial break, asked if he was frustrated about tonight. It's frustrating when you don't win when you statistically dominate, but I think at this early juncture of the season, Jason, Gonzalo, and I think he alluded to it on the the, the question about the, the pressure, um, I think Gonzalo's got to be very pleased with just how dominant his team has been in these first two matches. You want to dominate at home. Atlanta United's done that. In 180 minutes of play this season, Atlanta United has given up four good scoring opportunities. Am I am I missing any? Because the goal from San Jose, the two good saves from Brad Kazan last week, the goal tonight. Maybe one more pretty decent save from Brad tonight. So five. In two games, 180 minutes, you're not going to shut teams out entirely. And Atlanta United, again, you have to you have to convert on the other end. That's what's going to work on and get better here. But they're defending really well so far this season. Uh, they are, and they've earned four of a possible six points to begin the season, which is, by the way, the second best start in club history. Uh, the only time Atlanta United has earned more than four points to begin a season was in 2020. They earned six points in their first two matches, and then after they earned their sixth point, the global pandemic hit. Just Martinez tore his ACL after their third point. Well, uh, the season kind of deteriorated from there. But uh, uh, just as was the case in 2021, Atlanta United earning a draw to Orlando and then a win in their first home match. Uh, they tonight um, go to four points in their, their first two matches. We're going to go downstairs in a moment. Derek Etienne is uh, getting close to the microphone, so we're going to hold on for that. I can tell you in the meantime that for every Atlanta United clean sheet this season, Atlanta United donates $2,000 to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. No clean sheet tonight, no clean sheet so far this season, so the donation total is $0. But Mr. Brad Guzan saving and an 80 uh, percent clip on shot stopping in his first two matches, and I, you know, it's one of the things we don't really appreciate. Sometimes we don't talk about the goalkeeper and shot stopping maybe as much as we need to. Certainly, Sean Johnson and his shot stopping tonight, and a deflected cross that nullified an Andrew Gutman goal. He was very good tonight, but one of the concerns that I know existed in the preseason just Brad and the fitness and the rustiness that we saw at times in the preseason. Um, he's been really good. Brad Here. looks like Brad. And, and I think the the thing that's difficult and the, the Brick to Brick series, I thought, showed this really well. And it's a, it's a must-watch if you're an Atlanta United fan. It's on the Atlanta United YouTube page. The mental side of an injury like that is very difficult to overcome. The physical side, obviously. But the soccer rhythm and the soccer decision-making, you can replicate aspects of it in, in training, but you're not seeing shots in the same way you are in a game. You're not seeing shots on a regular basis the same way you are in a game. So you get into preseason, you haven't seen shots in a game scenario in a long time. Now you've had some repetition. Now it's starting to feel like it did before the injury for Gazan. And I think it's showing. The confidence is showing. And Miles Robinson's the same way in a, in a different position where – it looks like Miles. He, he's playing like Miles Robinson plays. And that is just incredible to see the work that those two had to put in from a mental side, 
from a physical side and then from the soccer side once they could get back into the group to get to where they are this quickly it's incredibly impressive. My hat's off to both of them. Well, why don't we go to the highlights while we wait for Derek Etienne. Uh, Atlanta United clearly outplayed Toronto in the first half. They had by far the two best goal-scoring opportunities in the first half, and the, the first of those two came here in the 40th minute, and uh, this would be a match where Mateus Ozetu would find the game winner tonight. Well, in the first half, the, the two best opportunities, in, in our judgment, came from Juan Operante and this attempt in the 41st minute from Josetu. Robinson up to the halfway line, sends it down the middle to Barry. Barry taps it back now to Josetu, who pivots on the edge of center circle and finds Almada making a run down the left wing. Almada trotting into the attacking third, pitching it ahead now to Wiley along the far touchline. Good square ball to a wide open Josetu. Shot! Parried away by Johnson. In the center of the goal, it'll be out for a throw in the near touchline. Then, in first half stoppage time, it was Air Force One almost heading in the first goal of the match on a corner kick. Atlanta United's second corner of the match coming up here. Lennon and Aruju both standing over the ball in the near corner. So you've got an in-swinger and an out-swinger here, and a short option if you want to go that way. And it's going to be Lennon with the out-swinger. Header over the crossbar by Air Force One. Out for goal kick. Brilliantly I, delivered to Air Force One. I do think encouraging tonight, Atlanta United starting to find Parata a little bit better in attacking moments. They really weren't able to do so last week against San Jose. Yeah, he had a, he had a better night, too, on the other end of the, the game as well. He was a much better defender. He's really good on the ball tonight as well. It was a good night for Parata. That's one that he's going to want back. He was much better in the second half on those set pieces. Scoreless coming out of halftime. Toronto then opens the goal scoring tonight in the 52nd minute. I I think we both believe this was a very good team goal by Toronto, scored by Federico Bernardeschi. Here's a chance now for Atlanta United and a steal from behind by Kay. Then it uh, deflects off a bar into the Toronto end. Hedges has to karate chop it back to Johnson, who's chased by Aruju. Johnson has to pull it away from him and send it down the middle to Kay. Flicked ahead now to Bradley. Bradley turns, drives it ahead. Here's a run for Bernard Esky. Down the right wing, 2v1 on Gutman. Bernard Esky, top of the 18. Shot score! Beating Guzan to the near post, and Federico Bernardeschi scores for the second straight week to give Toronto the first goal of the game. I want to go back to the last question that we heard from our own Joe Patrick to Gonzalo Pineda about that moment. And you cannot deny that Atlanta United in their pressure was outstanding tonight. And go back to the maybe minute, two minutes before that sequence – Toronto couldn't get out of their own half, and it was because of the pressure. And I remember specifically talking about it in the sequence beforehand. What happened in that moment is they had been pressing so well that they got a little overextended because they were nearly creating those turnovers and those opportunities. Just a little too much risk. Michael Bradley is a very good player on the ball. A very good player. You can feel however you want about Michael Bradley. You cannot say that on the ball he is not still a very dangerous passer. Plays Bernardeschi forward, and you get the 1v1 that really that's about the only one they had. And Bernardeschi buries it because he's a top player. But the idea that 
they they made this massive mistake there, and it was it, it kind of you know shows that it wasn't as good as it was. It's not true. They got beat one time, and if if you want to go back and nitpick on it, it's because they were so successful in the minutes preceding it. Maybe they got a little overconfident. Maybe they got just a little overextended in trying to create that turnover because they nearly did multiple times to start the second half. Let's hit pause on the highlights for a moment. Derek Etienne joining us outside the Atlanta United dressing room now. Derek, I believe, I know for sure this is the first time I've had a chance to talk to you. I'm not sure about Jason, but I want to start by saying we are very, very glad to have you here in Atlanta, and I hope uh, your time so far with the club as you come back from injury and into playing form has been uh, good for you. Welcome to Atlanta. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, uh, hopefully I'll be able to return the, the thank yous and the welcomes with goals and assists and many more wins. So, Well, you drew the foul that led to the game winner last week. That was a start. We thought maybe you drew a penalty tonight. Let's start with that penalty shout and uh, what you saw from your perspective. Um, yeah, uh, I was able to get the guy off balance and take a touch by him. Um, he pulled me a little bit and then got a little push off, but uh referee told me he didn't think it was enough for um, for a call. Uh, you know, that's the way the game goes. We just move on from that. How are you feeling physically, Derek? We, we're seeing more minutes for you each week. How are you feeling after those minutes? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, very... Uh, Happy with the fact that I'm able to contribute with minutes early, um, coming back from injury, and uh, just working on you know building up that fitness every every week in training, and then when it gets to games, uh, getting that game fitness. So I'm um, feeling good, um, but still still ways to go and make sure that I'm I'm as sharp as possible to make sure I, I can uh, help in the final third with the end product. Well, the the statistics are almost cartoonishly in favor of Atlanta United tonight. We were talking about. Uh, you know, 16 to four, the shots, the final third entries, 66, 32. I, I think the one that really stands out to me touches in the opposition box, Atlanta United had 37, Toronto had two. So it's a great performance, but you don't win. Is it frustration or satisfaction in light of all of that for you? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, you know, we're happy that we're getting ourselves in good spots. We're happy that, um, the stats are in our favor, but again, um, to be able to tie, to tie that game with the stats in our favor to hear those things is, is definitely frustrating. But uh, it's still early. Um, everyone's still trying to trying to get into that midseason form, and I think that it's only a matter of time until uh, you see those the, the ball hit the back of the net with the chances that we're creating. I think we did a very good job. Um, to hear that they had two touches in the um, in our in our 18 is is not very surprising because honestly the only chance I do remember them creating is is the goal. So mm -hmm. uh, very frustrated about that. But um, you know there's I think there's a lot of good takeaways that we can take away from the game that we that we implemented and that we can just work on to to be sharper in next week and for weeks to come. I want to start with the, the pressure off the ball, Derek, because you're somebody who has experience in a, a team that is known for their pressing. Mm -hmm. How would you rate how Atlanta defended high up the field today? Um, yeah, I think I think we did a very good job. Um, I, I think it shows with the uh, the lack of touches in there, and um, and the 18 by them. What we were able to do, we put them in very tough spots. Had a, a lot of balls that they kicked out of bounds. Won the ball a lot in the in the uh, middle third and uh, their defensive third, and then a lot of times they're just kicking the ball straight to uh, to Miles and and Wanho. So um, I think we did a very good job on that. But um, again, uh, as an attacker, you know, 
um, just a little bit upset with, you know, the end product. But, you know, like I said, the outcome is only, only second, second game of the year. Yeah, and the end product, that was the, the last question I wanted to ask you, Derek. With, you know, you and your ghost coming in together, we finally saw that front four that, that we're expecting to see a lot this year with Luis and with Tiago. You know, how is it finding that chemistry in the match like we saw today, you know, kind of on the fly? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Gigi, he's a, he's, a, he's a great player. Uh, he's, he's shown that quality in practice. And then, of course, you know what uh, Tiago can do. So um, I think when you're playing with really good players, uh, I think it's very easy. Um, there's, there's a respect level there with, uh, with the quality that we feel that everyone brings. And we just know that, you know, when you get more and more time together, uh, seeing the, the tendencies of other players and seeing what they can do, uh, it'll, it'll start to click. So I think it's only, like I said, I know I repeated myself. don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's only the second the second game, uh, my second game, Gigi's first game. So uh, I think you should ask this question, you know, uh, after game five, and you, you'll you'll be able to see just, just how we're clicking. Well, uh, I'll repeat myself again. We're really glad you're here, Derek. And, uh, uh, we're, we're, <laughs> we're looking for great things out of you this year. Welcome again to Atlanta. And uh, we'll see you up in Charlotte on Friday. All right. Thank you. Have a good night, guys. Right. Thanks so much, Derek. Derek at the end uh, may have created a penalty tonight for Atlanta United. Maybe. Uh, but not given by Nima Sagafi and as such. It's a 1-1 draw for Atlanta United. Let's pick back up now with the highlights. Um, we left off with the Bernardeski goal in the 52nd minute. Atlanta United, though, responded very well. They get the equalizer. Eight minutes later, this is the hot play of the match, brought to you by Scanna as Mateus Ozetu scored to equalize for Atlanta United. It's 1-0 Toronto in the 60th minute. Robinson exchanging with Arugio on the right wing. Pass back to center spot now to Parata. Robinson, great ball, threaded through to Lennon. Far corner, here comes the cross. Fretien, knocked down to the penalty spot. Here's Almada, can't get a shot. Back to Ozetu, shot, score! Mateus Hosetu equalizes for Atlanta United, and we are level with a half hour to play. And for over 20 years, Scana Energy has made it easy for Georgians to receive the best natural gas rates and excellent customer service. Call 877-467-2262 to sign up today. Took a couple deflections on the shot, and it's almost like the second deflection corrected the flight, it seemed like, <laughs> because Osetsu in the first half had that big opportunity that was saved. This is similar in that he's going for the far side, and he hits it, takes an initial deflection, then it deflects off another defender and in. The shot's on goal, I, I believe. It's really close if it's not. That first deflection is pretty close to the initial shot. But... The, the conversation about Mateus Hosechu coming into the season was, can he give you a little bit more in the final third? And I think he did tonight. You know, that's two opportunities. Yes, they're shots from outside the 18. We're going to have to hit a gong or something when we talk about that for the rest of the season, <laughs> I think. But both of them were really good. And one ends up in the back of the net. One forces a huge save. And, and as, we, as we talk about it, you, we heard from Derek – I think you do have to add in the fact that Sean Johnson had a had a big night. He, he had a good night back at home, maybe a little extra motivation. I'm sure he had some friends and family in the building tonight. And the the saves were big, but the play on the cross from Lennon, uh, I thought the best cross from, from Brooks tonight, Johnson was able to get his arm back and kind of knock it over the crossbar 
Andrew Gutman's on the back post. That That's a goal. And that was how narrow it was tonight. That's how close it was. The Hosechu goal, a great one. He gave a good performance, and they were so close to finding a winner. All right, so again, was it onside? Was it offside? A couple minutes later, what appeared to be a go-ahead goal by Jorgis Jakobakis ruled out offside. Here's how we called it. It's going to be Lennon with an outswinger to the penalty spot, headed and popped up in the air. Edge of the six, hedges, clears, out to Almada. Top of the arc, cuts back to the left. Almada, back to the right, loops it to the back post. Header, off the post, and it's scored by Yorgos Yakubakis. Offside. Flag comes up for offside. And again, like we said at the top of the show, I don't want to belabor it too much more. We got one angle in the booth. Those of you watching on Apple got the same angle we saw. Impossible to know if it's square down the line or not. Impossible to know if the VAR had additional angles that uh, proved the goal to be offside. But the uh, the far side AR, Megan Mullen, called it offside. And it was too close, too close to overrule the AR, although... In my opinion, the one replay we got, I, I thought Parata was on safely, uh, but too close. I to thought I thought he was on as well. Um, I, I I think it's one of those, and and I said this afterwards. And I, I'll stand by it. I think if that's called a goal on the field, the replay doesn't change it, and, and I think it's called off on the field, and the replay doesn't change it. It's. Without that next level of technology, I don't know if there was a definitive, no question decision there from the replay that we saw. It's still a judgment that is really tight. So, after all that, Atlanta United actually climbed in the table tonight, believe it or not. They climbed to fourth in the East, 1-0-1. They're on four points, even on points with Nashville, who's third. Toronto gets their first point of the season. They drop to 11th in the East. That, that's kind of strange, but it's very, very early in the season. We'll come back. We will take your questions and comments on Twitter. Send them in to us at MikeConti929. And at Long Shoes, we continue with the full-time report on Star 94. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Back with more full-time report. A complete review of today's match. On Star 94.1. 1-1 one, one draw tonight, Atlanta United and Toronto FC. Talk about it would be secure. scoring in the second half. Let's take your questions and comments now on Twitter. At Mike Conti 929 
and at Longshoe. Michael Collier wants to know, do we see a situation where Yakimakis and Barry could both see the field together? At, at times, sure. Uh, I think it's going to be more of a, a tactical thing in a match because if you do that, you're going to have to sacrifice a player somewhere. And, and when you start then creating the, the numerical situations, uh, you're probably going to go with a 3 5-2 to get the two of them together. I don't think you're going to go 4-4-2 four, because you can see the midfield that way and the central midfield so strong. Um, you could, but then you're sacrificing somebody because you're going to be pulling a, a winger in that situation. So I don't think it'll be a regular look. I think it would be more of a chasing the game late look where you want two large number nines in the 18 to get on the end of crosses. I did like Barry's work rate I did tonight. too. I did too. I, I thought Barry looked a lot more comfortable tonight than he did last week. And, and again, he didn't have a whole lot of training time with the team before last week either with the late trade coming over from D.C. United. I think he's really energized and had a chance to hear from him this week at media availability. He's pumped to be here, and he's excited to be here, and I think he understands the situation. He, he knows Yorgos Yakimakis is brought in here to be the guy. But he has to be pushed, and there has to be competition. And Barry's going to have to play minutes at times this year because if you make a run in the Open Cup, you make a run in the Leeds Cup, there's a lot of games to start adding up. Daniel Price says, really felt like Toronto didn't come to play tonight. They were doing absolutely nothing. Credit to Atlanta. They were dominant tonight, should have won. But it's one of those nights, and he's excited to see how this team develops. I, I really would like the national conversation to be, I think, more balanced when it comes to how teams approach coming to Mercedes-Benz Stadium because I don't think it is. I think the conversation after last week was uh, Atlanta United's got issues in the attack and not about, well, San Jose didn't really come in to try to play. We talked about it last week. That surprised me. I think Luchi Gonzalez is a guy who wants the ball. He's a guy who wants possession. You look at his Dallas teams, they were in the top six, seven in possession. And that's, that's, the, that's what Luchi ball is. They didn't do that last week. It's early in the season. Maybe they felt like that was all they could get out of it. Okay, whatever. Toronto, we've seen Bob Bradley teams before. Bob Bradley is at times maybe too stubborn in terms of not being more pragmatic at times. Well, he's very pragmatic in terms of defending today. And Toronto had really no game plan outside of the individual moments. And that's disappointing. And they should be held to a higher standard. I think... Atlanta United, when they go on the road, I've never seen Atlanta go to Toronto at whatever level that we've seen of Toronto FC. I've never seen them go in there and play scared defensive soccer. I've never seen it. I can't think of anywhere that Atlanta United's gone on the road and played that way. Definitely not at Gonzalo Pineda. They have not. That should be rewarded. That should be embraced. That should be celebrated. And teams that come in and do the, the opposite – if you're a small team and you don't have big expectations coming into a, a tough place to play, I have a little bit different conversation. But if you're Toronto and you didn't have Insigne tonight, but Bernardeschi's pretty good, Michael Bradley's really good, you have talented players who can attack and get forward, and it's twofold. They didn't get forward, number one, and Atlanta United defensively high up the field has to get a ton of credit because they made it difficult for Toronto to play. But Toronto pretty early on said, well, I guess we just can't play. And they kind of gave up really making an effort to. And 
I don't know. I feel like Atlanta United's held to a standard to do certain things, and Toronto should be in these situations because that was not a performance of a top-tier team, in my opinion. Michael Valverde says the midfield was terrific, even better than last week. Sean Johnson made some great saves, and, of course, the AR made a questionable call. Did it feel like Luis Arruju was hesitant to shoot tonight, he wants to know? Oh, well, maybe he reads Twitter. Um, I don't know. The, the whole thing about the long-range shooting and Arruju has been the the poster boy of that conversation. I hope that that's not affecting it. It shouldn't. If the shot's on, the shot's on. I didn't really feel like he passed up looks tonight, though. I did feel like he was struggling to get into a rhythm. I felt like he was just struggling to connect the work is always going to be there from him. He's always going to give you the defensive side. He's always going to fight for the 90 minutes for you. You know you're going to get that out of him. But on the ball and in combination, there was the one sequence with Almada that was outstanding in the second half on the right half of the field where they combined and got into the 18. I think Arujo's shot was either saved or blocked. That was really about it in the final third for Luis, though, that I thought that he was dangerous. And, and that's just going to happen sometimes. I, I thought Petretta did a really good job on that side for Toronto. And he, he defended Lennon well, but when he had to defend Adarujo, he did that well too. That side was just difficult to break down. Uh, El Flo says what really surprised me was how effective the counterpressing was against a Toronto team that normally looks to keep the ball. Yeah, I mean, Bob Bradley's M.O. is possession. Toronto's M.O. is possession. You don't go sign... Insigne, Bernardeschi, and, and pay Michael Bradley what you have over the years and, and re-sign Osorio. And you, you, don't, you don't do that if you don't intend to have the ball. And they couldn't really do much. And they gave up on it. I, I thought gave up on it really early, but they gave up on it. You have to give Atlanta credit. I think Toronto's their, – their stance here was disappointing because they didn't really have many ideas. But when they tried to play out of the back – they couldn't find a way out except for that one time. And it's the one time that I thought Atlanta got overexposed in their pressure. Nick says, despite the draw, I spent the whole match feeling as if this was the most coherent performance in quite some time, maybe since 2019. Was there another one that maybe we could think of? I would just admit, there were quite a few performances at the end of the 2021 season that I think went maybe historically very, very unappreciated, including a game here against Orlando on a Friday night where uh, Atlanta United just absolutely trounced Orlando City. That was in the 2021 season. I think the performance in Orlando last year is another one that gets overlooked late in the season. Uh, But I I don't want to overwash Nick's point. Uh, Yes, it was a coherent performance by Atlanta United tonight. They've had them since 2019. They, they, they've had them every season. I, I do take uh, issue with that. I think this is a team that at times, talk about being held to a standard, they are held to a, a level of, of borderline perfection sometimes. And, and it's really difficult. That's what they signed up for. It's it's not you know whining about it. It's That's what Atlanta United walked in the door to this league and said, we want to be the best of the best. And okay, that's fine. That That's the, the level of expectation. Okay. But they have had those performances at other times. I think this is a performance that we saw what they can be. And, and Derek Etienne summed it up really well in that, you know, ask, in, after, ask, ask after game five. Ask down the line. It's coming. And you could see it building at times. But you had that attacking quartet that I think will be 
incredibly difficult for teams to deal with. You had them on the field for 30-plus minutes tonight. You know, I, I think when you give them some time on the training pitch, give them more time in games, it's going to look even better. This was a good performance. And, and what I would say in terms of that coherence or, or level of performance or however we want to you know, put it, you have to separate quality of performance and result because they don't always match up. They just they, – they don't. That's why this game is what it is. You can see a team thoroughly outplay somebody, a deflected shot goes in, 1-0 loss. You start you know looking up to the heavens and wondering what happened. That's what this game can do to you. But the level of performance was very high tonight. I thought it was very high last Saturday. That's incredibly promising for two games into the season. One more from Sean Vigara. He wants to know our thoughts on Yakimakis tonight. Uh, good. I mean, he, he worked. He, he worked extremely hard, and – you know, Gonzalo Pineda, I think, is very fair in what he said about it in that, you know, it's hard to judge and really grade him too heavily on this because he, he flew back Thursday night once he got the, the work visa, got in late, trained on Friday. Friday's never a heavy training session anyway, so there's not a lot of work going on there the day before the game. And, you know, he he's thrown out there tonight because you, you needed him. You needed, to, you needed that spark. He got on the end of one that – could have been a goal, could have been an amazing debut, but he worked extremely hard, and the biggest thing was his presence tonight. Immediately, it felt like things changed when he came onto the pitch, and Etienne mentioned respect, and I think that's the key to it, and it's nothing against Miguel Berry, Jackson Conway. When you know Yorgos Yakimakis is on the pitch for Atlanta United. You know what he's capable of. You know what he's done in previous stops in his career. You want to feed him. You want to get him going. And it just changes the way everything functions. And, and I thought it looked really good at times. Give him some time to build those connections. Same with Etienne. And I really like what this attack can be. And you know we're going to need a little bit of time to see it fully fleshed out. You know, maybe it is the maybe it is five games, maybe it's six games. Whatever it is, you need to give it just a little more time. I like the pieces that have been put in place. All right. Well, again, Atlanta United four points of a possible six to begin the season. Now they go on the road for the first time this year, and they're going to play a Charlotte side that has lost again tonight in the St. Louis City. Uh, home debut. That was a very difficult spot for Charlotte to be put into. However, uh, they are uh, minus three in goal difference at 0-2-0 to begin the season. We'll look ahead to that match and say goodbye for tonight right after this as Atlanta United and Toronto play to a 1-1 draw on Star 94. Back, 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 back to the full-time report on Star 94-1. All right, quick wrap-up here on full-time Atlanta United Toronto playing to a 1-1 draw tonight and now Atlanta United heads up the road up I-85 to Charlotte the last time they played there last April they lost on uh, one of the most unusual uh, ways you can possibly lose a first half Olympico by Jordi Alcivar who by the way I don't think is going to play um, on Saturday when Atlanta United is up there. He's injured. Charlotte lost 3-1 at St. Louis tonight. I don't think Charlotte had much of a chance going into that just because of the emotional cauldron that uh, St. Louis presented. But Charlotte did not really entertain their home fans last week. 69,000 saw them lose to New England 1-0. Uh, 
look, they're just they're having a slow start. Atlanta United, despite dropping two points at home tonight, I don't think there's much doubt. Atlanta United uh, looking good early. Charlotte not looking good early, but there's a reason why they play the games. Yeah, Charlotte. Uh, obviously, you know we didn't get to see much of it tonight. Just some clips, and, and you know that's a tough matchup for them on the road in St. Louis's first ever home game. The first week, I didn't think Charlotte looked good at all against New England. You do have to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because they have been dealing with a lot after the preseason that they had with the unfortunate passing of Anton Walks. And I'm sure that has been a big disruption to the the vibe, to the emotions of that team. I'm sure it was a very difficult first match at home the first one since his passing. And I'm sure that, that this match is going to be difficult yeah. for both teams because, yeah. you know, Anton Walk's presence was heavy here in Atlanta as well and still felt in that locker room. We, we heard what everyone said last week. So it's going to be an emotional day at Bank of America Stadium. So far with what we've seen through 180 minutes in league play this year, Atlanta has looked a good bit better than Charlotte. But this is the first game on the road. And the missing element for Atlanta United has been scoring the first goal. They need to get that first goal, which will give them so much more space to work in. you got to get that first one. That's the key to Saturday in Charlotte. All right. Note the very early kickoff time, 12 noon from Bank of America Stadium on Saturday. Jason and I will be on the air on Sports Radio 92.9, the game, 11 30 a.m. Saturday. Is this the first time we've had a pregame that started at an a.m.? Well, I know we've Not all deleted the MLS this from our memory. Tournament. No, we, that doesn't count. We, I think we once had a 7 a.m. pregame. That doesn't for, count. <laughs> that was nothing from that should have ever counted. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're looking forward to it. Jason uh, Miller and I will all be up in Charlotte where I know they have an excellent breakfast at the Bank of America Stadium press box. The Krispy Kreme, right? They don't think there we go. There for, for Falcons games. So we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to seeing a lot of the 17s up there too. It's my understanding uh, expecting 1,100 Atlanta wow. United supporters. Because remember now, if you have a season ticket here, uh, you get tickets to road matches. So, uh, heavy Atlanta United flavor. It, and believe it or not, I know this sounds crazy, there is actually snow in the forecast. for uh, Snow showers, at least, at this point. So, it, it could be a crazy day. But uh, we'll be on the air 11.30 in the morning on Saturday. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Miller Pope, our engineer. Dylan Matthews, our producer. For Jason Longshore, I'm Mike Conti. The final score again. Atlanta United and Toronto FC play to a 1-1 draw. We'll see you next week on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. You've been listening to the Full-Time Report, a complete wrap-up of today's Atlanta United game on Star 94.1. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 